Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Bear and Balanced. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss over at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, I want to spin a football, but I don't want to get 15 yards at the beginning of this. <laughs> How are you doing today? The Bears are one and one. The Bears are one and one. That's all that matters. I mean, it wasn't the the prettiest of games, but at the end of the day, all that matters is that W. Absolutely. I want to start off by talking about this taunting thing. I, I just. Ugh. I don't want to like waste time talking about how your breakfast was or anything because I am <laughs> really irritated. I knew I would be with this emphasis in the preseason. And I watched football all day yesterday and I saw a whole bunch of like Stupid really animals. random stuff yeah. that like just happens normal football all the time. And 15 yards. I mean, the penalty is extreme. 15 yards is is a huge penalty. And what uh, uh, Gibson clapped over one of the Bengals receivers and it got 15 yards. Uh, I saw uh, a guy spin a football in the general direction of, of the defense <laughs> and got 15 yards after, after a big uh, first down play. What is happening? Who, who are, who's this genteel class that is offended by basic football back and forth? I mean, this is, this is a game that's played, on on sod and turf and it is you know it is watered by by sweat and tears and fertilized by blood right this is this is a this is a game that is built on violence and is built on adrenaline and emotion and we are now trying to legislate emotion out of this football game like what is happening you know, I understand some of the safety aspects of the rules. Like, I understand you want to make the game safer. I understand you're, 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 you have you have some things you're trying to do to make the game a, a better product for the fans. But like you said, taking away the emotion, it, it makes no sense to me. Like the the uh, NFLPA today, put, they had a tweet. You know, they are not, uh, you know, they are not happy with this rule. Uh, SB Nation had a big article about this rule. I mean, they were showing all the silly penalties. I think, you know, in the Bears game, I think Andy Dalton asked for one and he yeah. got his flag because he's, hey, the same thing happened earlier. Let, let's go. And, and he got his flag. So uh, it just seems like it's like the NFL has enough stuff to worry about. Like, you know, they still don't know what a catch is. You know, <laughs> let's not worry about what a taunt is. I mean, right. I, I think from a fan perspective, I think we know. If you're in someone's face and you're really antagonizing him and being a a complete prick about it, that's a taunt, a clap, a cheer, a ball spin. Come on, that's just it. Just makes no sense to me. Like I'm 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 with you 100. It's just uh, they have to get that that they have to scale that back a little bit and let these guys play and have some fun. Yeah, they got to scale it back like 95%. Yeah. You want to take one thing out, you know, it's like it's like one of those things where like we don't like one person's attitude in the office, 
And so instead of just addressing that one person in the yeah. office that's like wearing open-toed sandals or something, we just make a department-wide policy that impacts everybody, even though for the most part, everybody's been playing by the rules. And now we just have a worse work environment. Like this- What started not, this whole thing? Like, I'm not I, even sure. Was there know. like one person or like, oh, we got to stop because of this is just out of hand? I mean, is Virginia McCaskey like just like, <laughs> you know, clutching her pearls because she's so upset at, at people overreacting or what, she, what people can say? I, I don't understand it at all. This is not driven by fans. This isn't driven by uh, players, certainly, right? And there's no safety impact to this. The, the taunting thing is ridiculous. And I and I want to kind of take it further. Uh, some sloppy play in the Bears game. But again, watch day full of football. That yellow flag came out a lot. A lot. A lot. And way too much. We got way too much ticky-tack stuff going on. No one watches football games for the striped jerseys. Like no one has a striped jersey that they wear and say, go refs, right? We need to bring them back into the background and we we need to see less of them. They they don't need to be taking center stage, throwing the flag every time. I mean, Tyron Matthew got illegal contact called on him twice last night. I think it, I think they uh, impacted the game. I think the, the Ravens got back in that game because of those, those penalties. And it, Yes, there was a lot of sloppiness with the Bears, but there was a lot of stuff that's like, what are we calling here? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. It's funny because as Bears fans, you know, most Bears fans always think the refs are out to get them. I mean, that's just sure. the nature of it. But then, like, you know, like you, like you said, you watch other games, and you're like, it's it happening all around the league, and it's like, you know, at some point the league has to step in and they have to address this because, like you said, you know, no one, no one's watching for yellow flags. No one wants to see that there's obvious stuff that happens. Yes. Let's call it. But some of the stuff like that Cole Komet pass interference, what the hell was that? It's non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. There's just way too many uh, penalties like that, that do not reflect reality. And, and and boy, you know, Joe Burrow is he, was he up for an Oscar nomination (laughs) after colliding with Robert Quinn on the sidelines and and my exact thought? Yeah. I mean, if, if this, professional quarterback thing doesn't work out for him let's see what his leg looks like and he can go to the premier league and he can flop around on a, on a soccer pitch because that was some genius level acting you know it was acting i agree with you there but quinn should have known better he's he's smart enough he's a veteran you know at least like like you reach out and look like you're trying to avoid the contact or, or, or trying to stop the quarterback from falling i think if he does that there's no flag at all but he just kind of did his thing and just kind of bumped him and it was no big deal to him he has to make an, a little bit of an effort there to, to look like he's trying to avoid contact. He did look like he kind of like twiddled his thumbs and whistled as he walked away under the <laughs> sidelines after it yeah. happened. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah. All right. Well, we have these categories that we've come up with in this show. And so let's get into those. Uh, of course, we're always going to start off with our trench tribute. And I know who your trench tribute is. So this is not a surprise to me because you, you spoiled it. leaked in it. a chat. I did spoil it, leaked it to it you. in a chat. So I, I forgot did get about to that. see yeah. that. But – Let's let you start off with your trench tribute of the week. All right, I'm going to go with Jason Peters, 39 years old. This guy, I was not expecting this level of play from him, especially after a bunch of Philadelphia Eagle fans told me he was cooked. He is not cooked. He looks like, I mean, he looks like the best Bears lineman, and that's pretty much what he's been since he's been here. So so I actually had a chance to go back and, and grade him last night. And I had enough for 60 plays. I'm not sure what the official snap count was, but, you know, with grading, you know, sometimes I'm grading plays that don't count because it happens. I'm going to grade it. And the way I always grade things is just a simple plus minus. You do your job, you get a plus. You don't, you get a minus. And that's not to say all the pluses are like, 
there's no style points. You know, it's just basically, you know, there are some plays where, yes, he did his job. It wasn't very exciting. It had no impact on, on the play at all, but he just kind of got in the way of his guy because the play was on, 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 on the right side. So he didn't have to do too much. But I graded him. I had plus 55, minus 5 for the guys that like the math. That's 91.7%. Jason Peters, to me, just uh, he's helping solidify this, this line. Plus, at some point in the game, it looked like he 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 broke a finger or something with his finger because he was he, he had a problem with 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 his uh, his, his his right hand, you know. But he's a veteran, you know. He knows, you know, when the play's not near him, he can coast a little bit. He's just, you know, that guy. He's been that dude. And plus, on Twitter, there was a play where he just was like just pancaked the dude. And uh, so, if you can go back to my to my my account, you find that nice play. He just brings a little bit of that nasty too, which I like. It. Jason Peters, my uh, my lineman of the game, my trench tribute guy. Yeah, that uh, that play that you're talking about, he didn't have anybody come in on the rush, and so he was looking for work, looking for as, work. as they say in the offensive line world. And so he engaged with the the defender that was next to him, uh, who was uh, Cody Whitehair was blocking, and just just knocked him over. Just him. Beautiful. Yeah. I love I love yeah. linemen looking for work. And I think you make a good point about the plus minus system. It, you know, it's a it's a simple way to go, but I, I think a lot of people watch you know, Quentin Nelson highlights, you know, the, these offensive line highlights, which are not much uh, out there, but Quentin Nelson has these plays where he's like pancaking guys and it's just aggressive and everybody likes that. And they think like, well, that's offensive line play. That's doing yeah. it well. And it, it's like, okay, those, those are, that's pretty rare. I mean, he's a rare level player, but the consistency and doing your job, that's actually more consistent with what the yeah. expectations are for NFL level offensive line play, not, get your guy on his back 25 times a game. That's yeah. just not happening. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's great to see that Peters looks good. Like let's hope you can, he's got the stay healthy in the tank, the, yeah. you know, stay healthy and to be able to keep that consistency up because that's asking a lot out of a guy that's uh, almost 40 years old. So mine, I knew that you were going to go that way. I actually have in my notes uh, in a parenthesis it says, assuming Lester goes Peters. And this was before the tweet. I, I just, I had a feeling that you were going this direction. So I wanted to flip on the other side of the ball. Bears defense played very well. And I'm going to go with a guy that maybe people aren't thinking about, but Angelo Blackson. And I wanted yes, to talk nice. about Blackson because when we were at camp, I, I kept going, well, who is that guy? And and I kept looking up on the sheet. I'm like, okay, he, he was kind of sticking out to me as a guy that was more than just a camp body. And I was like, okay, I got to look up Blackson and see what his history is. And so he's bounced around the league a little bit, but I thought, yeah, he might, he might make this rotation. And as a big guy who's been in the league for a while, he got an interception. That's pretty cool. That's a defensive lineman's dream. He, he, he pulled down an interception. He had three tackles total. I think a nice highlight for him in year seven. And I, I just think those defensive rotation pieces where you have to you know the the value of a guy like that is that he can come in maybe give you a little something but he also keeps a guy like akeem hicks fresher right and so i i thought he played a good game and had a really big highlight and it's nice to see guys like that get some snaps and be consistent i think with blacks and one thing he brings to the team is he can play some nose for you too so like with with uh, uh no goldman for the first two weeks They've had some some blacks and some hicks, some tonga, all getting some mixed the nose there. And I think that's good because he gives you that, you know, ability to play all all up and down the line. And that's that's a good for a key reserve right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's our trench tribute for the week. Uh, how about we go to the Twitter, which is, you know, a, a landscape that has to be treaded lightly. Uh, but uh, we've each picked out a tweet that we wanted to highlight. 
Sweet tweets, we're calling it. So who's your sweet tweet this week? So when the game ended, I, I had a tweet out there. I said, uh, I, Duke, Duke Shelley at Nickelback has been very underwhelming. And then someone uh, responded to me. It's uh, at VMPZ Fever. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but at VMPZ Fever said, uh, ready to sign DJ Hayden or give Thomas Grant a chance. And I'm not sure about Thomas Graham. I'm not sure he's quite ready to play at this level, but I think the Bears need to do something because Marky Christian week one did nothing really. Uh, week two, Duke Shelley, he got burned all over the place. So if, if the Bears are going to do what they've been doing, it, it may be uh, a guy like uh, uh, Artie Burns week three because that's how kind of what they're doing here. So I would not mind seeing a guy like Burns get a chance at nickel because two through two weeks, They've got nothing there going on. And then I looked at some other free agents that are, that are out there. You know, most of them are outside guys. Uh, so if you are going to make a move at outside, then you may have to kick uh, a guy like uh, Kim Wilder inside. But but other free agents, you know, it's as you would expect, it's the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, uh, Gary and Connolly, uh, Devontae Busby, who was a former Bear practice squatter. Uh, the Raiders just cut Nevin Lawson on Monday. Um, and then, you know, Richard Sherman's out there. But, you know, what does he have left in the tank? Uh, a couple former Bears, Prince of Mukamar and Buster Screen. Do those guys do anything for you? You know, there's not a lot out there. So the Bears got to figure out this nickel stop because it's uh, it's rough right now. Yeah, I mean, I love Richard Sherman. I don't know how much he has left. but One of I, my faves. You know, One of my faves. Yeah. Absolutely. He's an all-time favorite of mine, so that would be great. Um, yeah, I uh, I my sweet tweet is by Allison, and she goes by ABQ Bears Girl eighty nine. Nice, and uh, it's very simple. I like these simple tweets, but uh, she has all pro Quan, and you know, saying here's Roquan Smith, and he's going to be an all pro. I don't know if she coined this. Um, I, I feel like maybe I saw this last year, but. I'm giving her credit for it on the show and is a way for us to launch into a Roquan conversation. Nice. I think he was this close to becoming a household name last year. I think that if he would have snapped his head around a split second earlier at that Saints game in the regular season and, mm -hmm. and grabbed that ball from Drew Brees, housed it, and ended that game, I think that Roquan would have gotten all pro votes. I know that's silly. It's one play. No. But – it's, it would have been in prime time. It would have been a huge swing. And when you have the eyeballs on you, first, particularly on a, uh, at a position in, on defense or, or um, anybody that you just don't just can't look at just stats all the time. Um, I think that that really helps. And I think that he was this close to being able to do that huge play in this one, obviously with the pick six and really, you know, broke a, a you know, a game open and then had a sack. You know, this is another thing that he can do. So not only can he, and, and he had a, he had a tackle on Tyler Boyd, who was just cooking the the nickel corner all day and, and Boyd caught it. And then instantly Roquan tackled him. Right. So he had Tyler Boyd in coverage and no one else could cover him. And so here's a guy that is, boy, here's a guy, there's a, there's a, there's a Collinsworth moment for me, but you know, here's a guy that gets a sack that gets a pick six and is in coverage on the slot receiver that no one else can cover. That's a heck of a game. This guy is has really elevated his game over uh, consistently since he's been here, and I think that he's he's going to be a household name here soon. You know, it's funny you talk about the the, the splash plays, and and honestly, as a defender, that's what you need. You know, if you yeah. want the, the, yep. the votes for All Pro or Pro Bowl, you have to have something stand out. You have to be, you know, really real sexy plays. That you know, that's what voters want to see. And a guy like Roquan, who plays, you know, a middle linebacker essentially, you know, he's not going to get a lot of those. So when he has a chance. 
takes advantage, which he did on, on this last game here, you know, take it to the house. And, and I think, like you said, you know, he is on the verge of, uh, of that pro bowl, all pro uh, not. Yeah. I want to, I want to just circle back to your thing, right? I remember what I was going to say and the, the nickel corner issues. When I looked at bets to make in this game, I made a bunch of player prop bets and I thought that the bears were potentially going to have good uh, game flow here and be able to, to give Montgomery a lot of carries. And so, I bet the over on Montgomery carries and I won that one, but I hammered Tyler Boyd prop bets because I just didn't believe in what the bears were doing at nickel corner. So I went over on catches over on yards and over on longest catch for Boyd. And I hit all of them. And, and that's, that's not saying I love Tyler Boyd. Who's Tyler Boyd? Who cares? Right. It's that I'm worried about that nickel corner spot. And and I figured I'd throw some bets in at it and say, I don't don't think the bears have that figured out yet. So until they do, this is going to be something that all teams are going to see. It's already out there on tape and they're going to say, all right, slot receiver, get ready for a big week because the the bears can't cover you. And and that's, that's what's going to continue to happen until they get something figured out. So stat of the week. Next category, caught up in a numbers game. Caught up in a numbers game. For me, my number is 43.3. Okay. And and this comes courtesy of our guy, Bill Zimmerman. He is at Zimmerman SXM. And it it comes down to the passer rating of Justin Fields. Okay. And I know we we talk about passer rating. It's not a be-all, end-all stat, but it's it's a stat. Everyone knows what it is. You know, if you know that if Allen Robinson does not drop that touchdown that Justin Fields, you know, put right on the money to him – his pass rating goes from 27.7, jumps up to 71.0, which is a 43.3 point swing. Just goes to show you those like, you know, small plays in a game. And, you know, if if one thing happens, the, the narrative is completely flipped for a guy. And, and I know we're talking about a bunch of ifs, but this is just an instance where, you know, something like that really hinges on a stat like that, on, on a number like that. And it just shows what could happen if if, if that play does come through. Yeah, I think the the issue with passer rating is that that's you don't generally have enough volume in one game yeah. to average things out. And so if you look at passer rating game to game, it's kind of a dangerous thing to do. And so just from a statistical standpoint, you want to look at passer rating on like a not to be too nerdy, but like on a like a rolling average or like over a year or like say even like over four games, six games, something like that. Right. And if you can do that, then you can maybe see trends or you can see where a guy's starting to figure things out or, or having a good stretch or struggling or whatever. But if you go game to game, there's just so many things like that, like Robinson dropping a ball. And that's, you know, 40 points of of because he just didn't have that many throws either. Yeah. Right. I mean, he only played part of the game and Dalton started the game. So he didn't have all the throws in this game either. And so that's a lot of it too, is one thing can swing it pretty hard. So I, you know, real quick, real quick, I want to get your thoughts on ESPN's QBR. Right. uh, Right. Like it's, it's a different analytic. It's, it it takes into account like, like, like uh, stuff in uh, game situations. I think it takes into account some running stuff. So what's your take on that compared to the traditional passer rating? Well, I mean, traditional passer rating. So do you know what a perfect game for passer rating is? I mean, you might. 158.3. Yeah. Am I close? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So it's so stupid. That's a dumb number. Range (laughs) starts at one or tops out at 158.3. And the thing is, is that if you go through the numbers, you know, the, the formula, you can get passer ratings above that number, but they just cap it. 
right? So it doesn't make any sense to me, like what this number is all about. And the QBR is just, it's a different formula. It has its own issues with it. There's some things that are a little better, some things that are, you know, but to me, it's more about understanding that you probably don't have enough data in one game, particularly one game where you only played part of it to make any kind of conclusion. And then you know that things understand any stat is not there's no perfect stat that's why they keep coming up with new ones because no one's nailed it yet for a perfect stat right and so you have to know that any stat requires context and in watching the game watching the film and looking at stats that can tell you a better more complete picture but just relying on stats that i mean you get burned if you're out there just spouting stats and not watching the game because you have no context right and and so i i don't know that one is necessarily better than the other but i would say both are wrong and can be misused (laughs) in a lot of ways um but they can they can be valuable if you think about them in the right context like for me like i i I always share them i just think it's because it's it's something that all the fans know what it is so if you see a guy with a pass rating of 100 you know that's a pretty good game you know just generally speaking but like you said there's no context there's no film work you know there's there's nothing else to go along with what happened in the in the situation you know was it all was it all yak you know was it was it was the was the, was the qb doing basically nothing and 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 it was the backs and, and and receivers doing all the work so there's no context but again it's one of those weird numbers where everyone knows what it is so that's for me that's the only reason i share but i i always put on there hey this is not the be all end all stat it's just kind of there to kind of show how they are in relation to other 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 quarterbacks in the league well, for my stat of the week, it is the number 59, and that is 59 yards. That is the two-game total for Allen Robinson so far. Oh. That is the worst two-game stretch for Robinson in a Bears uniform. 35 yards in the opener, 24 yards on Sunday. Obviously, he had that drop in the end zone. Not great. Uh, Robinson has recorded nine total games, including these two, under 40 yards since getting to Chicago, but never in back-to-back weeks like this. And so... This this is uh, the worst two games in his in his career, and he really needs to get back on track. I wanted to call him out somewhere in here because this was this is a bad stretch for him. He just has not done particularly well to start the year. This is a year that he is on the franchise tag. He has no contract for 2022, uh, so every game that he plays is under the microscope for Chicago and or for another team that wants to sign him now. I think he's a great player. That's why I want to call him out because I think he's wide receiver one. I think he's a top 10, top 12 guy in the league, but I'm not going to be able to say that anymore. If he posts more numbers like this, I mean, this has to be the last time that he puts up less than 40 yards. Yeah. You know, he may be called out again after the commercial break. Just, just a thought there. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, a little teaser. I, I, I'm going a different way with that, but <laughs> yes, I, I thought about that as well. But I wanted to, I, I wanted to kind of see if there were blips like this in his past. And he's had games where he was shut down or shut out, you know, to, to some extent. Not shut out. Um, you know, he he he's had a yardage in every game he's played. But you know, he's had nine games that I would consider bad yardage games. You know, below 40 yards is pretty bad. And it just he's usually bounced back from that pretty good. So I thought that he was going to come back out here. He was going to have more success. Now you got a change in quarterback. It's not like he's had a lot of uh, practice time with Justin Fields throwing him the football. Maybe that gets better. Hopefully that gets better. Can't get much worse 
than than what happened here. So, that pass could have shocked them so much. It was it was so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that he's <laughs> ever possible. had one that's right there. You know, <laughs> right in the bread basket. Perfect. <laughs> what the yeah. hell he said? Oh my god. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's break it here. Let's let's stop for a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back with the the segment that is sweeping Bears Nation. The three Bears. We'll be right back. I want to tell you guys about a fun game called Thrive Fantasy, which combines the fun of daily fantasy sports and the rush of making prop bets. And what it is, is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props, so you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that will have the biggest impact in every game. Here's how it works. You'll choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup, and each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Thrive has over 140 grand guaranteed prizes for NFL's week one and has already awarded over $4 million. And Thrive has a featured 100 grand guaranteed contest that just costs 20 bucks to enter and first place will take home $20,000. Just use our promo code WINDYCITY when you sign up today and you're going to get 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Free money is always good. Just download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Google Play Store or go onto the website www.thrivefantasy.com. And remember, sign up with our promo code Windy City. Good luck and prop up today. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So again, everybody knows the concept, you know, too hot, too cold, just right uh, for the the bowls of porridge. And we are going to identify a bear associated with each of those temperatures. So let's start off with the the bear that had the hot bowl of porridge. Who is, who are you singling out for having a great game or a much better game than expectation? Uh, for me, I'm going to go. I'm going to go hot. I mean, this guy had a hot game. He's had a hot start to his season, and it's Jalen Johnson. Um, you know, he had his first ever pick. He had four passes defended, two tackles. Uh, he is right now through two weeks being talked about as one of the better corners in the entire league. And I think as Bears fans, you know, we all had hoped he would take that next step. He looked good last year early. He kind of tapered off. He had the injury, of course. So if he keeps this up. You know, he's, he's going to make fans maybe not forget Kyle Fuller, but understand a little bit of, hey, this guy who is the true CB1 now, and he is going to, you know, get the job done. The issue in the secondary now is obviously what's, you know, going on the other side and, and at nickel. But but for now, my hot bear this week is uh, Jalen Johnson. <laughs> so obviously Ryan Pace at some point made the decision and said, I think we, we have to make a move. It's hard to get under the cap here. And so we're going to cut Kyle Fuller. We've panned that move 
from here to ever. Like you need corners in this league. Yeah. I still don't think it was a good idea. Terrible but idea. They convinced themselves that they could get away with it because they believed in the skills of Jalen Johnson. That's what I'm assuming happened. And so far, Johnson's held up his end of the bargain. Four four pass breakups yesterday. I mean, that's that's great. You know, Joe Burrow is a looks like a really good quarterback notwithstanding the three straight interceptions that he threw against the bears. I mean, I, one of the, one of the bets I won was I bet over point uh, 0.5 interceptions on Joe Burrow because it was plus 165. I mean, it was really good odds because he just doesn't throw picks and the bears got three of them. And so, you know, that was a great play by Johnson. He broke on the ball. He made the play on the ball. Something he didn't do last year. He had a lot of pass breakups last year, but he couldn't get his hands on one and keep it. And and he did it this time. And so if he's going to have more of that, you that's great for the Bears defense. It's also he's going to get fewer targets thrown at him, right? Yeah. Like I think you're going to see Baker. I'm curious if Baker Mayfield goes away from him. Uh, 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 next week, because I would never throw towards him. I would always I, target the nickel guy. Yeah, what's yeah. Expl- you know, I, Tom Brady would never throw it never. <laughs> over there. He just like <laughs> would avoid it. And yeah. so it was very interesting. The Burrow just kept going back to him. But yeah, it, Johnson's my guy too. I, I I thought I'd talk about Roquan up front. That was a guy I think that deserves kind of. He had the big the big big splash play. Yeah. Um, but I think we absolutely needed to talk about Jalen Johnson here because he has played incredibly well. You have to be very happy with where he's at as a Bears fan. So let's flip it on the other side. What about the guy that you want to call out a little bit for maybe not playing up to expectations? You know, I alluded to him earlier. Uh, it's going to be Allen Robinson. Uh, he only had four targets, though, and he had the two catches, uh, 24 yards and a touchdown. But here's the thing about Allen Robinson. You know, part of it, I'm not, I think maybe most of it, could be on on the play calling it could be on the quarterback just not going his way you know i'm not sure if the defenses i haven't had the chance to watch the all 22 from this last week you know maybe they're trying to take him out of the game and, and that's why the bears are going to guys like mooney and, and goodwin but for me alan robinson just like you said he has an, an, a, a two-game cold stretch now he's not where he where as bears fans we expect him to be so i want to see him get a little more involved in the offense and i think that again partly him Partly the scheme, partly Matt Nagy, you know, partly the play calls, partly the quarterback. But I think a guy like Robinson, you got to figure out a way to get him hot, you know, get him going, get him, you know, get, you know, these curls all the time aren't going to work. You know, you got to get him on the move a little bit. You know, he wants to catch the ball deep. You know, yes, he had to drop. It was, you know, again, he may have been shocked by that, but, but a guy like Robinson, you know, you got to get him going. Uh, But for me, he's, he's my, he's, he's the cool bear this week. Yeah. I mean, you need to get him 10 targets a game, four targets a game. And he, yeah. it. he had 11 last week. Right. That, and that's, and that's fine, yeah. but he didn't do much with them because they didn't take it. They took away everything deep and they threw, I mean, Dalton's average depth of target, which is a stat that is useful in trying to provide context. His average depth of target was incredibly low. Yeah. And I think he was, I think Dalton was like 32nd, you know, in terms of, of NFL starters for average depth of target. It was terrible. And so, yeah, he didn't have much opportunity to do much. The Rams said, sure, catch a five-yard uh, pass. We yeah. don't care, <laughs> whatever, right? And so you need to get him a little bit more deeper routes, intermediate routes, and, and that's what Fields is going to do. Fields already showed that he's going to push push the ball down the field, and he, you know, hopefully Robinson gets his 10 targets a game and can turn those into – you know, eight catches for 93 yards or whatever it is. And and we can see a happy Allen Robinson from week to yeah. week. But 
this this two game stretch is not happening. Um, I I thought about that for for the cold bear, but I want to have a conversation with you about Sam Mustafer. Oh, now my expectations for Sam Mustafer are much lower than the average bear fan. I didn't see much of him on tape last year that made me think, oh, I feel really good about this. If you listen to Bears over beers over the draft season, EJ and I were really thinking that the Bears were going to target one of the centers in, in like the third round uh, that, that were there that are starting on, on different NFL teams right now. Uh, we thought that that would be a good way for the Bears to spend some draft capital because they needed to add that to the room, uh, particularly after you got Justin Fields. It made even more sense uh, you know, to, to, to make sure that you bring in a, a guy with a little bit more talent. Um, then Mustafer, we heard a lot of good off-season reports about Mustafer, and that's great. You know, this guy's trying to make it. He, let's give him plenty more time. But I think we need to start looking at him a little bit closer and seem to be a little bit more worried because he has done nothing of valuable substance in my mind in the first two games. And and I'm pretty worried that this is going to unravel, you know, the, the offensive line. And, and boy, I mean, how many penalties were – some sort of miscommunication between him and fields yesterday yeah. too. Uh, this is something I'm, I'm, I've been worried about, um, but I'm, I'm accelerating my, my worry level here. You know, the bears really believed in him. I mean, they really didn't, you know, they made no moves at center the right. entire offseason. I think they brought in a, a undrafted free agent that was that played for the Cowboys a bit and he got some reps in preseason, but you know, as the backup and, you know the way the the depth chart lines him now. It's still uh, a guy like uh, Cody Whitehair is is the is the, the backup center. It looks like according to the depth chart, James Daniels is there. You know he was always going to struggle against the the big strong guys. He's just not a powerful center. He's he, he can't anchor like that. You know he was going to have to get by purely on technique. And from what I've seen in two games, his technique's not always there because he's getting beat too quick. Maybe he's thinking too much. Maybe he's he's worrying too much about making things the, the 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 pass pro set for his quarterbacks. I'm not sure what's going on here because he should be playing a little better than this. But like you said, I'm to the point where I'm thinking now maybe when the guy like uh, Borum comes back or Jenkins comes back, maybe they make a move and they kick a Fetty in the right guard and do something at center with Daniels or or, or White here because if if Mustafer can't stop the quick penetration that messes up an entire passing game. I, you know, we, we have talked about this offline. We haven't had a podcast together very long and I, you know, my playing career, you know, is not exactly storied or very long, but I did have snaps at all five offensive line positions and I was so much more comfortable at like guard. That was just where I was. You know, I, I, I had the strength, I understood the the close area ness of it all. Center, I just struggled with the quick guys. The the big guys didn't bother me, but the quick guys they they really they really bothered me. But I just never felt natural, and that's what I saw out of Cody White here. He just didn't look like a natural yeah. center to me. He looked like a guy that felt so much more comfortable playing guard. That's why I've been pushing him to guard so much. And so I hate the idea necessarily of bringing him back, even though you might get like an average level of play out of it. It just seems like you're gonna take white hair out of what he's best at so if we're going to do this again i and and maybe the coaching staff just isn't there but i would i would rather shift daniels over because yeah. he does have a more natural background at center i know they don't think that that went well the first time around or the second time around but he I, was 21 I, years old that year i think he's so young yeah so. and 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 you know again kirk ferentz said this is the best center prospect he's ever seen which 
honestly does carry weight to me yes. still. And so I would still like to see if he can do it. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. If they get a viable player back that can take one of the tackle spots and kick in a Fetty or can just move into guard, um, I mean, I'd be willing to do that. But I think that you have to start having conversations about Mustafer maybe not being a guy that you can count on throughout this year. Let's hope that next week we're not talking about Cody White here because he's not had the best of starts either. And neither is James Daniels. Neither I didn't is... want to let go with the whole interior. The tackles yeah. have actually unbelievably looked like fine, and the, yeah. the interior has looked really bad. But I think of that group, Mustafer just sticks out to me as, as being really bad. And if you solidify that, then maybe your guards yeah. – you know, come together. So there, a lot of that is the interplay between the five positions. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking him out and maybe that's not fair, but I know that he also doesn't have the pedigree of the other two guys. And, and I have, and I have at least seen flashes from those other two guys. Right. I mean, I've seen consistent solid play from Cody Whitehair for a long time. This is, you know, this is unfortunate of what's happening with him, but I've at least seen that in the past. I haven't seen a long stretch of really solid play from Sam Mustafer and he doesn't have the pedigree. So I, I am calling him out, but that's why. What about the guy that's just, that's what you want to see, the just right, right in the middle? For me, I'm going to go with one of the Bears' best players, and that's Khalil Mack. You know, I think he okay. had a nice game. Uh, just had two tackles, one, uh, uh, one tackle for loss. He had the sack, you know, but he is his, his solid self against the run. Um, but one thing I think doesn't get talked about enough with Khalil Mack is how smart he is when, when the Bears are running games up front with twists and stuff. He he helped create some of the some of the pressure on that line because he knows how to go into double teams to make sure that they concentrate on him at all times. I mean, he is he, he's 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 really smart with what he does as a football player, as far as go, uh, when when he's against running on the edge, and then of course in the twists. He just is a complete package, and of course, you know, as Bears fans, all we care about are sacks. You know, that's the sexy stat. You know, you know, I want to see sack, sack, sack. You know, kill the quarterback. And a guy like Khalil Mack, he got to the quarterback. So to me, that's a perfect game for him. You know, do his job, get to the quarterback. Khalil Mack was just right this week. Yeah, like in basketball or in soccer or whatever, you have assists, right? You make a good pass, the guy makes the shot, you get an assist. Mac deserved an assist on that Quinn sack yes. because he did exactly what you're supposed like what you're talking about. And he almost got half a sack credit. Like it was, it was this close for them to split that sack. You know, but, there's someone out there. I can't remember who it is that they actually track sacks created. Oh, Ma- okay. Maybe Brandon Thorne, maybe it might okay. be him one of his analytics, yeah, but there's, that, there, that there's someone, it. they do it. And I look at that. I'm like, man, that's, that's a cool stat to, to watch. They, they, he also, Brandon Thorne has a newsletter. So if you're, you know, type him in and get in there. You can learn about offensive line. I subscribe. Line. Good yep. stuff. And he he talks about um, quality of sacks mm-hmm. as well. And so these are the guys that they just they won the one on one matchup and got to the quarterback. Or was it a sack where the quarterback just like ran into him, like he you know stepped up and just you know basically sacked himself or or like the the old uh number 10 play where he'd roll out and instead of getting rid of the ball he just step out of bounds and the closest defender gets credit for a sack uh, yeah don't want to get lesser wound up on, the, no, no, on those no. plays <laughs> but um yeah, how about my, you jeff for you you're you're just right guy this week who's that my guy's uh darnell mooney Nice. So uh, wide receiver two, he had six catches uh, on eight targets for 66 yards. <laughs> Solid guy, right? That's what you want out of your wide receiver two. Now, did you say six catches on eight targets for 66 yards so you didn't have to put those three numbers together? 
Uh, or has that just worked out that way? <laughs> well, that's just how I, that's how I write. that's how that's I wrote my it. notes say. <laughs> okay. Like for me, like on, on my, on my, on my, my uh, snaps and, and stat, uh, uh, stats article, I wrote it like that purposely because I don't want to have those three numbers together. It's like sure. bad juju. So like, sure. you know, kind of, kind of strange, but that's all good. Uh, I, I, I always, I, I think it makes more sense to go catches out of targets. There you than, go. You know, targets catches, but I, I, I do I do flip back and forth. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't notice that until now uh, of what you're talking about. But, yeah, yeah. No, I I like Mooney a lot. I mean, we all like Mooney. You know, we all want Mooney to be great. Uh, and and I think that what the Bears, you know, a lot of Bears fans are thinking, well, Mooney will just step in and be wide receiver one. And it's like Mooney's a really good wide receiver two. Let's keep him as a really good wide receiver yeah. two. He's he's not necessarily a guy I see as wide receiver one, but if he's averaging that level of that number of targets, you know, he's converting those into, you know, a pretty healthy share of catches and, and able to, to get some yardage. I mean, he's going to break these two. Like he's, you know, now that Fields is, is in play, he's going to have some deep balls. He's going to, he's going to break some more. And so he's going to have some bigger numbers from time to time, but this is a steady game from your wide receiver too. He looked the part and this is exactly the level of performance that I expect from Darnell Mooney. I am ready to see the Bears' speed matter. Right. You know, th- through through the first two weeks, it hasn't mattered. I mean, there's been a few a few guys there on, on film, but, you know, the, the passes weren't always going there. But I want to see Mooney and Bird and Goodwin. I want to see these guys that have, you know, 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, speed actually, you know, make a difference in a game. And you know, coming this is a this is a review show, not a preview show. But you know, make sure you're tuning into Bears over Beers this week, because I'm sure we'll get into it. But nice. Brown's secondary is great; like they are deep yeah. and they have a ton of talent. And so, this is a great opportunity for Justin Fields to get some experience at the professional level and with these wide receivers to see what they can do against one of the better secondaries in the league. So, I'm I'm really excited from a football nerd standpoint to see what these guys look like against quality competition because that's exactly what they're going to face in, in Cleveland. Um, so that that's exciting. Tune in for that. You know, as we'll as we'll dive into those kinds of details on Bears over Beers, but. That's uh that's the three bears. That's what we got. Uh, what about final thoughts about this about this game? It's a it's a win. A win is a win is a win. Maybe not the the prettiest of wins, but who cares? You don't get style points in the NFL. Yeah. And we'll... you know, it's one thing we kind of talked about a little bit with quarterback Justin Fields. It wasn't the best of game from him, but I think that it's it's a good starting point. And I think with Andy Dalton, I think he came out today. He has a bone bruise. You know, everyone thinks you know it's going to be at least a few weeks. So. You know, the next few weeks for Bears fans are going to be pretty exciting, you know, uh, in Cleveland and then uh, at home against the Lions. And I think someone has tickets for that game. Correct. I am nice. taking my best friend and fellow Bears fan to the to the Lions game. So as a wedding gift, nice. I'm taking it to, to, you know, so I'm, I, I guess the gift for his future wife is that she doesn't have to deal with him for the weekend. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're going to go to a game. I'm very excited about Justin Fields' first home start. Uh, we'll, we'll bill it as that. Maybe. Well, come on. Dalton's the QB one. Matt Nagy okay. put out a, put, put a head of release today. You know, he made sure he, you know, he, he told everyone. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about that in a second. But like it, what I see from fields is that, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to play the game like, well, the couple drops and then that happens yeah. and okay, you don't have, I'm not going to do that. Like he looked good. Like, I mean, like he had a rookie mistake that happens and bears fans get used to it. Like he's going to learn and, and he's going to have those times where, He's going to make a dumb throw. Hopefully not a lot of them. And hopefully he doesn't make the mistake more than once or, you know, he gets it out of his system. But 
the 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 creation, the ability to make a guy miss, you know, in the backfield and and take off and, and gain seven, 10 yards. You know, he salted that game away on that third down where he was able to escape a sack and and scramble for a first down. I mean, that that's that's rare ability. There's there's only a few guys in the league that can do that. And he's a guy that can deliver the, his ball placement's excellent. Like, I mean, his ball placement was right there. So this is a guy that to me, like, I'm not worried about those stats at all. Like he no. was fine. I'm not, I mean, he's not, he wasn't great. I mean, I can't say like, he's the next guy, you know, the next coming of Mahomes or whatever, like, but he looked fine to me. Like he looked like a, a, a talented rookie that has a lot to figure out, but has a lot of juice in the tank. And so I'm, I'm happy with that. Let's talk about the Nagy thing. Like Paris fans, you're never going to get anything out of Matt Nagy. <laughs> it's it just stop, like stop thinking. No coaches just, give anything. No, no, they're they all don't. quiet. To a they point, don't. You know, you might get some fun stuff out of Dan Campbell because yeah. he's weird and he likes biting kneecaps and whatever up in Detroit. You might get some fun stuff out of Bruce Arians, maybe. Like his press conferences aren't as entertaining as like his book is or whatever. So you know, these guys, they don't want to be there. They, a lot of them think that the media is their enemy. Some of them are really smart in how they deal with the media. And then there are people like Matt Nagy. I'll just leave it at that. I don't think that he deals with the media very well. And, and, but as a fan, don't believe anything he says, he's never going to tell you anything of substance. It is just, it's not of value. So Stop freaking out about what he says. Just watch the games and get excited for your team because your guy's now in. He has the opportunity to take this starting job and run with it and never, never hand it back. Yeah, I, I think part of it from a fan's perspective, I know for me, like, like what took me a little while to get over is because he is so likable. Like, right. Like, like when he's up there. So you're thinking, man, this guy is so, so, so nice. You know, he's, he's really, you know, th- then he's lying to me. That's why I think Bears fans say, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, like, how dare you? You know, it's right. like he's, he's so full of it, but, but then you watch other press conferences in the league, and it's like they're all full of it. You know, no one at, at at his job or the GM job, like Ryan Pace, they don't tell the truth. It just that's just what it is. Is that is they think it's an advantage to them to hold things back. You know, that's just how it's going to be. And it's 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 not just NFL. It's it's all coaches. It's it's baseball, basketball. I mean, that's how they all are. They're just all kind of you know they they just want to do their own thing. You know, if if they didn't have ever ever have to talk to media, they they never would. You know, there are a few guys that right. want to do it because, you know, they're angling for that post-career gig. But most guys are like, look, I don't want to talk to you guys. I'm just here because I'm here so I don't get fined, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So don't worry about what Matt Nagy says. Definitely don't worry about what Ryan Pace says. Do not get sucked in by that beautiful hair. That is just not a guy to listen to either. So just just ignore him. Like, the, it's better if you just ignore him. The, the, and, and I think we're talking about this because Bears Twitter just melts every time those guys. Oh, that's sick. It's so freaked and out. Yeah. It's like, guys, just just stop. Stop worrying about it. So, all right. Well, let's we're going to get out of here, but just plug in some stuff from the site. So, uh, you know, I've got 10 thoughts coming out on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this. Also, go read that. I've got a stats article coming out this week. I'm going to be talking about toxic differential and actually kind of a spin on toxic differential, which is. Uh, takeaways and 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 turnovers and you know explosive plays and I'm trying to visualize that in an interesting way. Obviously, Bears over beers will be out later this week. Um, and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gridironborn, and Lester is at Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Um, Wiltfong Jr. Wiltfong Jr. That's it. Simple. And sorry, yeah, I just went with your whole name. Right? It's not good. Uh, and uh, 
That's just um, for the uh, for, for all the professional purposes. I used the full name, but otherwise, yeah. it's you know, it's just you know, chill. You know. Now, Lester and I have faces for radio, but we are posting these on YouTube, and so if you would prefer to consume your content on video, we're there as well. So, so head that, uh, check that out. There'll be a link in the article. And if you just want to head right over to uh, the Bears Over Beers YouTube channel, subscribe. All of these will be uh, um, uploaded to the Bears Over Beers channel, as will the Bears Over Beers podcast as well. So um, check us out there. Lester, what do you got coming out this week? Uh, yeah, there's always something going on. Like, like my official column, I got Sackwatch coming out Wednesday morning. You know, it's, it's funny because Justin Fields has been sacked like 11% of the time. You know, so everyone, all fans assume, hey, he's mobile. He doesn't get sacked. You know, the mobile guys usually get sacked more for, for, for whatever reason. It's just how kind of it works out. But uh, then, of course, I have T Formation Conversation. My, my podcast will be on uh, Friday nights, Saturday morning-ish. Uh, but then there's other stuff. I mean, I can't I can't even you know, keep up with all the stuff I do on the site. No, there's the weekly columns, and then there's like the 38 articles that you're just like, hey, I had some time, so I yeah. threw up this article about blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, oh, all right. So make sure you're checking out the site and all that. But thanks for joining us for episode two of Bear and Balance. Very exciting to be coming to you every week. And Victory Monday is so much nicer yes. than than a, than a loss. So uh, thanks for sticking with us and bear down. Hi, <laughs>